Deep in the water where the fish hang out lives a small sleepy saucer we know not too much about. He's a zap zap fish with a zap zap belly and his neat electric organs turn your insides into jelly. He hides beneath the sand and waits for food to flutter by so he can snatch it up and wait for another passerby. Cause he's a zap zap fish with a zap zap belly and it's just how he survives in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube and Spotify. And thank you to Brian for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at LD Taxonomy or visit us at our home on the web at LDTaxonomy.com. And today we're talking about a spicy dish, <laughs> but more on that later. It's shocking. It is. Okay. We're talking about the Japanese sleeper ray, short for Japanese sleeper Raymond. And everybody loves the Japanese sleeper Raymond. <laughs> but it's also known as the Japanese sleeper Raymond. <laughs> no, imagine if that was my exact nickname. Uh, but no, it's also called the Snitch Saucer, which I'll, I guess we'll mention when we talk about the nomenclature. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. The Bonsai Battery. And Static Shock's trash can lid hoverboard thing. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what that was called. Does it have a name? I don't I don't know. Maybe he calls it something. I didn't watch every episode of the show. Would you like to know what science calls it? Yes. Do us a science, please. During the the Kingdom Animalia, which you now love and are in. Mm-hmm. They were in the phylum Chordata, which you also are in. Mm-hmm. They're in the class Chondrichthys. Not in that one. Which you're not in, which is... Unless you're a shark. Sharks and rays? Uh, it's cartilaginous fish, where Actinoptergy is bony fish. Right. Like tuna. The class is Elasmobranchi. The subclass. The subclass. Elasmobranchi. Sharks and rays and skates... And stuff of that nature. Mm-hmm. The order is Torpiniforms or Torpiniformes, which is nice. Which is uh, spoiler, so I won't say it. Then the family is Narcididae. Narcidae. Yep. Rhymes with Sharkidae. The genus is Narc or Narky. Narky, probably. But yeah, like looks Nike. like Narc. Uh, and the species is Japonica. Narki Japonica. Japanese whistleblower. <laughs> now, that's why I called it the snitch saucer, because it's, just, it's, it's snitching. Hey, I ain't no snitch. A Japanese narcotics division police officer. Detective. Yes, Narki Japan, Japonica. Now, I'm pretty sure I know what that means. I hope that's not what you're going for. Nope, because it's my favorite. It's time for my favorite part of the show. Critter groups. 
part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? Or what is the term of venery? Or what is the collective noun? I don't think we've done this for rays yet. I don't think we had um, critter groups back when we did the manta ray, which I think is the only ray that we have done. Um, besides Ray Romano. Um, so, if you saw a group of rays, and also I, I recently played uh, Code Names with a bunch of people, so th th these are going to be themed. <laughs> There's going to be some word association. Uh, but you have to figure out which word inspired the word association. Is it A, a bed of rays? Is it B, a flu of rays? Is it C, a sheet of rays? Or is it D, a fever of rays? What's the first one again? A bed? Bed. How do you spell flu? F-L-U. Florida Influenza? Love University. Oh, okay. If it was F-L-U-E, I would think that it was like the flu in a chimney. Like a yeah. flap. Like flu powder in Harry Potter. A bed, a flu. What was the other two? A trash can lid? Sheet and fever trash can. <laughs> bed, flu, sheet, fever. I'll do sheet. Final answer. Eh. Incorrect. The answer is fever. Ah, uh, that was my second guess. A fever of rays. There's actually quite a few, so if for some reason we lose this, um, this the audio for this i've got another one just ready but hopefully <laughs> i'll just save it for the next ray we do i love it when they've got lots of them but yes it's a fever of rays interesting which is what you see at the beginning of finding dory and they're all singing songs about home which is the sea floor um i don't know i, th I think i think mr i think mr ray is a an eagle ray or it looks something like that. So I, I don't think they have a home. I think they just... Tampa. Mic they just... It's just Tampa. Tampa Ray. Would you like to know what this thing looks like? Yeah, I would. Well, the Japanese sleeper ray is round, disc-shaped, and has a flat body. You're pretty familiar with rays. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a similar top-down shape as a horseshoe crab, kind of like... Uh, but they also have a longer fishy tail. It's like a horseshoe crab, but instead of that little spike, it's a big fishy tail. Uh, they also have a soft skin and lack firm fish scales, which same, which the wiki writer went above and beyond by calling dermal denticles. Though th that sounds like, so oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, they have a spotted mottled look with a light brown tannish base. Uh, and dark brown spots, but they also come in monochromatic tan, so. Fifty shades of brown. That's things that live on the sea floor for you. <laughs> yeah. Or Resident Evil 4. Uh, and if it was Skyrim, then it would be Fifty Shades of, yeah, gray. Because that game is gray. There is a lot of gray there. Everything, it's kind of like, uh, they just use a gray filter on it, like. You're watching The Matrix and everything's green. A little bit green. Yeah, but in Skyrim it makes it feel cold and wintry. Then they succeeded. 
but that uh, that brings us to its size. But how do we relate this to the listener? We say what the size is. No, welcome on. to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms. Through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send an audio yourself saying, saying you're chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy.gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week. Dag gum. But that means we get to hear from an animal and Carlos has to guess what it is. Double dag gum. <laughs> now, I got this sound from TikTok and I it's been going around TikTok. Because you don't expect this thing to sound like this. And you're using it because you know... Because I'm confident you have never seen it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm flattered. I'm flattered that you you automatically assumed I was the curmudgeon that I am uh, deep inside. (laughs) Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Good sounds. Good sounds. Is that A, a sarlacc pit? Just kidding. (laughs) Is it A, a cassowary? B, a koala? C, a kangaroo? Or D, a tortoise? Man, I was was thinking of the cassowary as soon as I heard that. But I seem to remember that specifically sounding like a giant dinosaur. Uh, So it was like a low grumble. That was odd to come from a bird, but I don't think this is that sound. I'm going to have to go with... Would you? What was the last one? Tortoise. Tortoise. I'm going to have to go with tortoise. Final answer. Final answer. The correct answer is kangaroo. That's a kangaroo. Is that the jacked kangaroo that I saw online no, one time? No, it's a small female kangaroo. Just hissing? People are really loving your voice. Don't be like that just because they called you a boy a couple of times. You're a very nice lady, aren't you? <laughs> it's. <laughs> Can't help if they can't tell the difference. So this is. It a sounds TikToker. like if a goat uh, got one of the rings of power and was turned into a Nazgul. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is uh, Aussie K- TikToker Card Queen Katie. And she has a ton of kangaroo content. So if you like kangaroos, it's a good TikTok for you. Especially if you like the way they taste. Because Australians eat them. I don't know if she eats them. It seems to be a farm. Who knows what it's for? All I know is that I've talked to Australians. And you can just go buy on a, 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 a kangaroo burger. In some parts, at least. At least in Darwin. I have met people from Darwin, and they said you can buy a kangaroo burger there. <laughs> uh, I don't. I, 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 I'm. I'm backpedaling because I don't know if it's the case across the country. What if it was an illegal thing that like was just where you were? I'm. I'm. I met the. I wasn't there. I just met one somewhere else. I, I met. Well, sorry. I met a, a a bunch of them in another part of the world, and I was. We were talking about kangaroos, of course. It's the only thing you can talk about when you meet an Australian, and uh, and they were like, "Yeah, you can you can just pick up a kangaroo burger 
Interesting. They're they're heaps good. <laughs> That's what they said. Uh, but let's talk about length. This isn't another Australian themed episode, even though good. that was a kangaroo. Uh, this is a Japanese themed episode. So their length is forty centimeters to sixteen inches, but forty centimeters or sixteen inches, not two. It's the same. Uh, how many Japanese sleeper rays go into the height of Eternatus? Do you know what Eternatus is? Isn't that like a bad guy in Marvel comics? No, that does sound like that, though. It's the poison dragon Pokemon that was introduced in Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do I, how do I not know that? And you do. Because I looked it up for this purpose uh. only. <laughs> Uh, I looked it was up what's one, it's the tallest Pokemon. It's one of those legendaries that looks like a Swiss Army knife of of blades and yeah, and like magic really and not good. Really it's not, not cool in, looking at all. Yeah, it's not interesting at all. Also, Poison Dragon is just not Poison's just not a a fun uh, type to have. Um, Here's a so hint. I just I tossed it as soon as I got it. I mean, I just did put it in my box and didn't <laughs> use it. Well, Eternatus is the tallest Pokemon. When it goes into its special Eternamax Eternatus phase, uh, it more than doubles its size. But we're not talking about that. Even without that, it's the tallest Pokemon. Um, and I also started to write down some facts about how, like, in Pokemon, pieces of its body or what allow you to Dynamax. But who cares? That's all nerd stuff. Yeah, hopefully we haven't lost anybody. <laughs> the problem is that when you're playing the game, and I have played the game quite a bit, um, when you're fighting him, he's huge, and when you're when he's on your team, he's really tiny. He's just like he's a slightly longer. He's like the size of a Gyarados. So, but but in real, in like if he if this was real, he'd still be the biggest Pokemon on your team. You can't like make him a Turnamax size. I'm. I gotta guess this is a video game. <laughs> uh, I've just based off of our little character avatars that are supposed to be like thirteen year old kids. Um, I'm gonna assume Eternatus is bigger than Whale Lord. Whale Lord's a whale. It is bigger than Whale Lord. I specifically looked that up. Goodness. Well, Whale Lord is massive. Um, I'm going to say Eternatus is 150 feet. That's a lot bigger than the biggest whale. But, <laughs> hey, it's a Pokemon. Um, and it floats, and it's a dragon made out of poison and Dynamax energy. 150 feet. I'm going to say the answer is... No, that can't be right. Yes, 112 112 rays, final answer? Yes. The correct answer is 50 rays. This is tiny. Eternatus is 65 feet and 7 inches. Oh my goodness, whale lord is like the size of a beluga whale then. Or 20 meters. I assumed whale lord was like a blue whale. He's he based feet. on the blue whale, but he's still smaller. Just like... It's embarrassing. Like... All the Pokemon are little. They're pocket monsters. They're supposed to be a little small. Well, they go into your your Pokeball, yeah. and then that that shrinks down, and then you put that in your pocket. It's yeah. Tardis. There's there's Tardis, timey wimey, spacey wacy stuff in there. 
So no, they're, they're, they they're, digitized. They're all pocket monsters. Let's talk about another Japanese IP. Um, Aren't there rays in? There's Mantine. That's a that's a uh, a ray Pokemon. I could have gone with that, but we're talking about depth now. They're diving depth. They can be found at twelve to twenty three meters or thirty thirty nine to seventy five feet. How many Japanese sleeper rays go into the height of the most recent iteration of Godzilla? Oh. I have not seen the newest movie, and I really want to because they took it off HBO Max. Godzilla versus Kong. I don't know why I really want to. <laughs> I didn't the, because the, Big Monkey. The other, all of the movies leading up to this have been like C at best, like C level, at C level, because you know Godzilla raises the C level when he gets in because he's so big. Um, Even though he wouldn't, I don't think. Yeah, he would raise the sea level overall or just like when he gets in there's a lot of splashing and like storm surge i mean technically everything that enters the ocean from land raises the sea level it increases the volume of things in the ocean and you not detectively no probably not anyway Uh, but yeah here's Godzilla's, godzilla's mad about global warming and he's here to stop us all from doing it as the king of monsters in the 2019 Godzilla movie and in his face off with King Kong, he is the tallest he's ever been a far cry from his original 164 feet or 50 meters in 1954. When he was doing uh, flying double kicks into uh, robots and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that this Godzilla, he's taller than, I want to say, almost every skyscraper in the city that he's... I think they're in San Francisco. So he's probably like like a thousand feet tall. So I'll, I'll go with that. And divided by 75 is 13.3. So it take 13 Japanese sleeper ray depths to uh, completely submerge uh, the Warner Brothers' new Godzilla. Or not Warner Brothers. Whoever made the, the new Godzilla. <laughs> uh, final answer. Yes, 13. Correct answer is 5.2. Whoa, he's so small. He's he thought he was mountain-sized. No, mountains are like 15,000 feet. Godzilla is 394 feet or 120 meters. I mean, if he was 1,000 feet tall, I wouldn't watch the movie. That's boring. I mean, that's that's like World Trade Center height. That's not even like the tallest building. And he's towering over most of the buildings in the movie. He's 359 feet. That seems odd. It seems like he would... The problem is the first Godzilla movie barely showed Godzilla at all, so you don't even really get to... In Godzilla, King of Kong, um, (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna... You see him, like, up close to skyscrapers more, so you... It makes sense. He, like, smashes Kong into some skyscrapers. Yeah, I I don't think that saying that he's mountain-sized is... uh, 
is a farce, uh, like a stretch here. I was just, I can't believe how off I was just looking at him next to buildings. He just looks so like on, on par with towering skyscrapers. And I guess I did go with like some of the tallest buildings in the world being like over a thousand feet tall, but still, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of kaijus. I am. Uh, it's just boring. You can't do- contend with something that big. It's just a disaster movie. You can if you are if you send King Kong after it. <laughs> That's the only one I liked because Big Monkey's great. I like Big Monkey because he is a personality. Yeah, so that's why I like the kaiju movies when you just make something else that's also big and then have them punch. Then I can turn my brain off and enjoy but this. Like I especially should- don't like big mech suit uh, or mech suits at all. That's fine with me. Again, you got You really do have to turn your brain off. It's the dumbest thing ever, but it is <laughs> it is very cool to watch. Uh, let's talk about some fast facts before we alienate any more Godzilla. <laughs> we should just cut the whole anime thing. Iron Man fans. <laughs> um, Japanese sleeper rays are so called for their lackadaisical approach to life. They spend most of their time on the seafloor, buried beneath the sediment. They live in the Northwest Pacific Ocean on the continental shelf near Japan, Korea, China, and Taiwan. They're found near and far away from the shore, but they prefer sandy areas near coral reefs. So they essentially like oceanic suburbia. Same. Yeah. Underwater. About 45 minutes outside of the reef, you know? A nice yeah, drive. That's where Zoidberg finds his shell in the underwater episode. Uh, these rays are viviparous do you know what that means something having to do with live young yeah like, i remember over viviparous yeah so like thing. many of their shark kin they give birth to live young um they develop uh on a diet of yolk and then later histroph do you remember what histroph is as that no i do not remember that at all it's milk from the uterus uterine milk I like the first word you said much better than the phrase uterine milk. <laughs> uterine milk. There's almond milk. That's the next. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's the next thing they're going to be offering at Starbucks. Uh, you know, well, the uterine I'm, milk's not uh, vegan, so maybe not. They're oh also gosh. born into litters of five or less, and they all celebrate their. Bine mitzvah when they're around 23 to 37 centimeters long. And what is that? that? Bine mitzvah. <laughs> to, today I learned the plural of bar mitzvah is bine mitzvah. What about the plural of bat mitzvah? Uh, that's benat mitzvah. You're, you're making all this up. No, I am not. I really like <laughs> that's really what it is. And then B'nai Mitzvah is also a it's for mixed groups as well. So it counts for both. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, if you want a, a, a Japanese sleeper ray as a pet, you're out of luck because they don't adapt well to captivity out of spite. They die. <laughs> I like to think they- it's out of protest, but it's probably it's probably just because it's really bad for them. They just they padme themselves right out of your uh, right out of your tank. When you yank them out of the ocean and put them into the into a tank, then you they say you're breaking my heart and they just die. Like pandas, 
or like, okay, we're going to, I mean, we're not going to die, but we're, we're going to not have any kids in here. <laughs> uh, they, they may be caught as bycatch in shrimp fishing, trawling for shrimp, but they have no commercial use and they would be thrown back, but they usually don't survive being caught. So this may have contributed to their decline since the fishing trade in East Asia uh, is extensive and relentless. East yep. Asians enjoy a good fishing trip. That's, they made a Especially whole show about stopping them from whaling. Entire industry. But that's all I got. All right. Time for the major fact. All right. All right. <laughs> is that a Linda? That's Linda. Yeah. All right. Gotta go. Um, so, uh, this major fact is called electric tough love. So, like most fish, the Japanese sleeper ray has a litany of predators to keep an eye out for, and, and the primary of which is the blotchy swell shark, which tends to make a meal of the Japanese sleeper ray on a regular basis. Uh, fish use all kinds of tactics on in general to both catch food and avoid being caught as food. Some use camouflage, some use speed, some just hide. Other use, others use venom or poison, um, like like stingrays. Some are just too big. But this ray uses a sturdy pair of Duracells. So, like the electric eel that we covered a while back, uh, weaponized electricity in animals comes from specialized electric organs. But in the sleep array, these organs are made of cells called electrocytes, uh, which are, I thought it was electrolytes, and I actually had that written down for a while, and then I looked at it again, I was like, oh no, it's electrocytes, because electrolytes are not cells. That would be, that would make Gatorade really gross. Uh, Electrocytes are cells filled with a jelly substance that uh, is that conducts electricity, and they are stacked in vertical columns to make up the walls of these organs. So it's not haphazard. It's not uh, higgledy-piggledy. It's vertical columns. Uh, so because each organ is made up of these columns, they function as a series of stacked batteries with their poles aligned in Par- parallel stacked uh, so this allows them to deliver an electric shock of up to 80 volts now if you remember me trying to go into the uh, science of how this works I and I it's still like I don't know if I'm just dumb <laughs> but I no matter how many videos I watch or how many analogies, uh, or blogs I I read, I just cannot fully wrap my mind around volts, amps, watt, and watts, like what they do and all this stuff. Uh, but just remember that voltage is the speed of the electrons in an electrical current, while amps are the volume or the number of electrons that go through a certain point within a certain amount of time. It's I I it's is beyond me uh, for some reason, <laughs> even though it seems like it should be super simple. And the average person probably knows this a lot better than me, despite the fact that I've been researching it all day. That's, uh, that's, that's what I got for you. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I, I, I just know that my light bulb is measured in Watts. 
Right, but then you get like a stun gun and that's measured in volts. Or uh, you might get a you know, something else. Your um and your your dishwasher is rated for amps. So it's like what what? So there is a formula, and I do understand formulas. So uh, volts times amps equals watts. How, what that means? I, sure, but all I know is that <clears throat> what I do know is that you you could the, just knowing the volts doesn't tell you the whole picture. So sometimes, uh, like uh, I was looking up stun guns a long time ago, and uh, they they some of them advertise like tens of thousands of volts, and you think like, oh wow, I I'll just turn someone into a pink mist like in Galaxy Quest if I touch someone with this. Um, it's this is a lethal weapon, but uh, the reality is that you can have you know a ten thousand volts, but if it's only using point zero 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 one amps, then well you're you're not really producing very much. But if you have ten thousand volts and you're dealing with ten amps, well then yes maybe you might turn someone into a pink mist. So knowing that or thinking that I understood what was going on, I went to see if I could find the amperage of the Japanese sleep array, and apparently zero people care about this, because (laughs) nobody uh, had done any studies or put that information online. Instead, all I found were Japanese uh, guitar amps, which was not helpful. Yeah, um, when I searched Japanese sleeper ray on YouTube, and I got the cha- Japanese sleeper train, which is an overnight train that goes really far in Japan. That sounds fun. Yeah, so it's just like not a lot of stuff for this, but there is a relative of the Japanese sleeper ray called the Atlantic torpedo ray, and I did find one source that said that the Atlantic torpedo ray uh, can produce up to thirty amps. With fifty to two hundred volts, so the the this one produces thirty to eighty volts. So, right. So I don't know that maybe it also produces thirty amps with eighty volts, um, which is twenty four hundred watts. Seems like a lot. A dishwasher uses about ten amps to put it in perspective, um, and a lightning strike uses twenty thousand amps. <laughs> So, um, it overall, the uh, electric rays are not necessarily lethal to humans, Uh, but being shocked by one is usually very painful, and I guess if you had a heart issue, it could kill you, but no cases of being killed by one have been reported. the main use for this electric attack, and it can only use it once before having to spend a lot of time recharging, uh, but the main use of this is for defense. Um, but some sparse observations have shown it potentially being able to use it to uh, catch prey, but because it's kind of like a one-time thing, and then you have to recharge after a while, um, and they mainly eat very small invertebrates on the sea floor that don't necessarily need to be stunned or knocked out um, in order to be caught, then it's it's just not, it doesn't seem like it's used very often to catch prey, more often to ward off uh, 
sharks and things like that that would that would eat it. Um, like you said, fishermen often catch these guys in their nets, but the rays, as soon as they're touched by the net and disturbed, they usually discharge their electricity underwater, and so they're not really that uh, a threat to the the fishermen. But pe- fishermen have reported feeling a tingling sensation when they handle them. Um, and you did say they have no commercial value. They currently have no commercial value, but in the past, uh, their oil was apparently as useful as whale oil for lamps and uh, was even used for old-timey medicinal purposes. And I, I love the, the let's just rub this new stuff on it attitude of old-timey science. <laughs> like, who knows? Like, this person, uh, you know, has arthritis. Let's, let's just dump a bunch of electric uh, ray oil on it and see if that that fixes it no okay well this person had an aneurysm let's try that nope okay <laughs> i'm glad trial we don't live in that time i love that that happened and that we all do. that all that we trial do pharmacolo- pharmacologically still live in that time right but it's not like it goes we, through trials first th- things need to be tested before some doctor in a plague mask just comes up with a vial of electric ray oil and just says um are you coughing drink this no, but if you go to a doctor and say, my brain does funny stuff, they're going to put a random pill into a slingshot and slingshot it right down your throat and, and see if that, that helps you. If that doesn't work, they'll drill a hole into your brain and then put the, the pill just directly into your brain. Excuse? <laughs> they lobotomized a lot of people who said their brain does funny things. Oh, a long time ago. Yes. Are you talking about now? I'm talking about now. Oh, oh okay. I thought you were talking about old tiny times. Yeah, they didn't have pills back then. They would just slingshot snake oil into your, into the back of your throat if you, uh, if you said your brain was doing funny things. But that's all I got for the Japanese sleep array. Kind of electric rays in general, but uh, the Japanese sleep array, I, I think I saw on a nature documentary, and so that's what, that's what I put down as representative for the species, or for the order, the torp, torpiniformes order. You got anything Ooh, yeah. else? That's all I got. All right, so for you out there in Podcastia, sleep well, pick your battles, and shock the haters with your natural energy like the Japanese sleep array here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, thanks for listening to the episode. Just a few quick things. As always, reviews and social media engagement are greatly appreciated, but recommending the podcast to friends is the best way to help us grow. If you'd like some LDT-flavored merch, check out teespring.com stores taxonomy tees. That's it. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. <laughs> oh but we're what we're talking about oh I, I i've been editing these uh, uh and i've been making so much noise i can't really hear it from my end i heard that i you just were moving did this and i'm mic. like what am i doing the mic is on the table and i'm tapping the table like a dungus but uh i'm gonna try to be less noisy and there was your chair
I think yeah, my that, chair that, makes There's noise. nothing I can do about that except for not move. But there's a mosquito in here, so I have to. Yeah, just motionless podcasting. <laughs> also, like, the, the pop filter is, like, super close to my chest, so if I just move a little bit, I'll, like, knock the whole thing. So, just stock still, statuesque. <laughs>